0: hey folks welcome back to another episode of the inner fight podcast thank you so much for joining me whether you join on the longer format shows once a week or the short format shows on a Monday, or maybe them both. I'm not sure if anyone needs to listen to my voice that much, but I do appreciate all the support. And when people do give me feedback, I really appreciate that as well. If you do have any ideas for guests, people that you've heard speak, or if you think you're interesting and have got something to say, I'm sure you are interesting and will have something to say. And if you'd like to sit Here and have me ask you questions for 45 minutes and have a discussion. I would love to hear from you. Give me a shout. Winning at innerfight.com. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic for the show, I'd love to take it up. This week, I am speaking to my good friend and colleague, Rob Jones. We actually recorded this show. This is the second one, it's actually two weeks in a row, basically, that's in a car. Last week was with Akbar as we were driving back from a training session. This one was the day after Rob completed Spartathlon, which is a race with an incredible amount of history, a race that started or follows the original route of a Greek messenger in 490 BC. It's an amazing race. It was 245 kilometers non-stop from Athens to Sparta. Rob gave me the absolute privilege to support him on this race and then I don't think he really really wanted to but he allowed me to chat to him about it on the drive back from Sparta to Athens the following day and we set up the mics in the car. The video version is not super fantastic this week because there was a problem with the colour. However, we've done our best to rectify that and what's important is what Rob has to say in this show. This week's show announcements. First up, anyone who made it to final Fridays last Friday here at the gym and celebrated or created awareness for breast cancer by wearing pink we appreciate you we thank you for the support it was quite a scene everyone in pink as was this week's track tuesday everyone in pink we are now into november movember Rob Jones will try and win. Sandro's been winning the Movember for the last 12 months or probably quite a large stretch of his life. Anything you can do to support those two good causes is obviously always super awesome and we do appreciate it. What's in the news for us? This week we have a new schedule which starts on Monday where we have added a a 9.30am mainline class. So if you are a little bit more flexible with your time or simply you don't have a job, then you can come and train after the school drop-off or just mid-morning, generally. 9.30 a.m. will be a mainline class. Unfortunately, we have pulled the pin temporarily on our 8.30 bootcamp class. We've merged some of those people into the mainline class, which is absolutely perfect because the mainline class is infinitely scalable as well. So there's no bootcamp at eight. 30s anymore. There's also ongoing and increasing, and this really doesn't matter if you don't live in Dubai, but if you do live in Dubai, or even if you don't live in Dubai, you should be aware. And if you don't live in Dubai, you probably already are aware every time it rains and every time there's a traffic jam here. But it is increasingly hard for people to get to the gym for our 4.30 afternoon class. And therefore, we have shifted our afternoon schedule by half an hour. Mainline class will start at 5 p.m. and also 6 p.m. So giving people an extra... Half hour to get there. 7 pm will be our specialty class, which on a Monday and a Wednesday is pure strength, on a Tuesday is weightlifting, and on a Thursday is gymnastics. There is no specialty classes on a Friday. All of the details of the new schedule are on the website, so be sure to check that out. In other news, this week we released the next international marathon, which will be in Milan on the 7th of April, 2024. There's plenty of time to train, to plan, and to get excited about this one. For all details of that event, and for all of our events, innerfight.com slash events. You can see exactly what's going on there. There's quite a few different things happening. So if you're interested in getting involved in different things, which may be something new to you, maybe stuff that you've been doing before, or maybe you're looking for a new hobby or a new event to get involved in, in innerfight.com slash events Go and check it all out. And it is the final call. This is the last week you'll hear me talking about Turf Games, which takes place next weekend, 10th and 11th of November. We have six teams in this. They would love to have your support. We'll all be down there. Sports City on Saturday, the 11th of November. There's a whole day of watching fit people, not so fit people, extremely fit people, All shapes and sizes. There's all different competitions. Get after it. It's very inspiring and a whole load of fun. And I know all of our teams would definitely, definitely appreciate your support. Final announcement this week. We have seen in the last week the kickoff of Dubai 3030, which for those around the world is a 30 minute exercise initiative for 30 consecutive days. It's super cool. Check out their social channels. If you are looking to get started on your fitness journey, there is plenty of things going on there. 30 minutes of exercise a day, loads of different ideas. It's a really cool way of starting a regime, getting some routine, discipline back in your life, just 30 minutes. It could even just be a walk or which actually... It's probably harder for people to sit and meditate or sit for 30 minutes, but it's not all super strenuous stuff. There's plenty going on. Go and check them out. Dubai 3030, a great initiative now in its many, many years. It's been super successful. That is this week's show announcements. Let's get on with the show. This is episode number 852 of the Inner Fight Podcast from Athens to Sparta. With Rob Jones. Enjoy the show. Here we are back in the car. Second car podcast. I'm not sure if the first one was good quality or if people found that it was good quality or not. I actually thought that the audio was very well tuned up. We are in Greece. We're on the way back from Sparta. To Athens where the road quality might make it a little bit noisier and I'm joined by Spartathlete is that what we're allowed to call you I now think, Rob I think Jones yeah
1: what do you become when you complete this race? A race finisher. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a finisher's T-shirt? There is a... <laughs> I didn't, but then Jeff went and found me one. Jeff. So I do have, and two hats. I have two hats now. Two hats? Two hats. What Do they, but it's in Greek, so... I don't know what they say. He might've stolen a hat off somebody. I saw a few
0: guys running around with T-shirts on that had 41. Is that the age
1: of this race? Is the, yeah, the 41st year of the race, correct. Yeah. Then in all of my Instagram coverage you of this that.
0: race, no, I was saying it's like 30 plus years old.
1: So you're right. <laughs> Just. I missed all of this Instagram footage. So I don't actually know what you've put out, what people have seen. My, I came back to a lot of messages and a lot of people saying, well done, or you're doing well, thank you. Ha, ha, thank you? No, that's what I was saying back. Yeah, lots of very nice messages. So firstly, thank you to all the people that reached out.
0: Yeah, there was uh, a lot of support and we, we actually have to hand it to Inner Fight Endurance, PR, what did I call him? PR guru, my manager, Rob Foster, who <laughs> asked me to ask for people to send messages. And I apologize to all the people that did send a message to you and to you also, mate, during the race that I, didn't, I couldn't find an opportune time to share that message we shared a few toby buckland we think he definitely has a career in motivational (laughs) speaking poor guy he was sat at home supporting following along sending loads of messages and he sent quite a nice voice note and florence in the background as well but yeah i didn't get to play them all out during the race but i have shared them all there literally wasn't enough time there wasn't enough time and I think that's maybe we'll come on to a few tactical things that we sort of tried to do, but I think to play certain messages need there needs to be the right time. So anyway, mate, let's. For those of you that don't know what's going
1: on, give us the rundown. What are we driving back from? What have you just done? So, Spartathlon is a foot race from the Acropolis in Athens to King Leonidas's statue in Sparta. It is two hundred and fifty-six kilometers. There, it's all road apart from a very small section couple of k maybe four or five k which is on trail up and down a mountain and you have a 36 hour time cap to get there which is a day and a half and it starts off with very aggressive cutoffs that get more lenient as you go through the race so it promotes what most people do and run a positive split and it's held on last weekend of september every year and the I mean you've googled the history more than me but the the idea is that how do we say his name philip philipedes philipedes a spartan messenger allegedly took this route to pass on the message that the greeks had won the battle of marathon incorrect <laughs> incorrect go <on> then. <laughs> <laughs> he he
0: was actually sent in 490 bc here we go to sparta and this is where I actually should have read a little bit more. <laughs> but he was sent to Sparta to get some support or tell something about the Persians and an invasion. The marathon part is- Separate. Comes later, yeah. I, I think that's probably one of the, I don't know, one of the misunderstandings of what Philippides did and people that argue, or maybe that's one of the arguments, but from what I was reading pre and during the race as well, that it's quite clear cut that he went, as you said, from Athens all the way to Sparta. He was a messenger and he was carrying a message to Sparta. And what's also phenomenal, and maybe you've got some thoughts on this, mate, is it was 490 BC, he didn't have any carbon shoes. I don't think he had a support crew and his navigation wouldn't have been by sunto gps (laughs) he there was no roads so it was all trail it was all sort of trail and he he's rumored to have got there within a day
1: yeah and then didn't he deliver the message run back to athens yes and then he ran from athens to marathon yes Which is where the marathon comes from. So he then ran from
0: Athens to the Battle of Marathon, which is a distance of 42.195, to basically say that the war had ended, or these battles had ended.
1: Allegedly, where he dropped dead. And then he dropped dead, yeah. So he had run over 545k. That's a fair hit decent we'll let him off for that
0: (laughs) i'm not sure what his rest periods were or (laughs) that that we need to check out but mate when you set out to sort of do this race and it started at the acropolis and maybe we should actually figure out your motivation first but this (laughs) this question's come out
1: like was this guy on your mind for the pd's it he came in and out of my mind throughout the race actually because quite a lot of this race there's People love it for the history, although I just botched the history up. Maybe it's because it's a day I've only just slept. Yeah. But people love this race for the history and you speak to everyone that's running and they all, have, they all want to run this race because of the history of it. Right. And so it was people that I spoke to would remind me again of why this race is what it is. Mm. And I couldn't help but think we're getting an easy time of it. Versus what, <laughs> generally, versus what he would have had to go through. And it just, it blows the mind to think how quickly he could have gone. Yeah. And how, must, like, how fast and such a good runner he must have been all this time ago.
0: There is some people that have run, and I think there was one guy that I saw who was running the race in like a, like a flip flop, mm. which is what was thought that Fidipides wore during during his run. So yeah, it's it's mind blowing to think what this guy did.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, the amount of people actually that I saw running the race in carbon shoes was astonishing. Are you for or against that, mate? I was against it. I just thought, best of luck to you. There's actually somebody running in the Hoka, uh, the Hoka Rocket X, Yeah, which we said was a five and 10K shoe. Yeah and she looked very, very strong until close to the end. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, the efficacy
0: of carbon at six, six and a half minutes a K, shoes that are designed possibly for people going a lot faster anyway. We won't get into the great debate about right. single-use shoes or anything like that. Let's rewind, mate. Rewind. Why Why did you sign up for this race and, and talk us through the process of that?
1: So this is one of those races that I'd read about it previously in lots of books, and you read. If you pick up any of the good running books, like uh, Vassos Alexander, he has some really good books. All of the uh, iconic running books usually mention this race in one form or another. It's like the UTMB, you know, people, everyone has a story about UTMB if you pick up one of these great running books. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, I thought, this is a really cool race, I'd like to do that one day, but never really put it to the front of my mind, and never really planned around it. And it wasn't until we'd finished Belfast over a year ago. Yeah. And uh, we took Jeff, obviously, and Jeff was running his first twenty four hour. And when I finished, he went, Mate, you realise you've got enough distance from this race to go into the qualifiers for Spartahlon. And I naively I'd never even looked up what you had to do to qualify. So <laughs> Yeah, I put my name in the lottery, not thinking anything of it, and then I got the spot. Like, right best figure this shit
0: out (laughs) so how does how does that all work mate because you were you were tom walker was very happy you were wearing great britain kit (laughs) which he's got it mate and he he has it framed in his in his house so if you're thinking about what to do with your great britain kit after the race you're allowed to do that i might
1: just keep wearing it like jess wears hers whoa whoa
0: she's only got the swimsuit though Uh, anyway
1: so how does that whole structure Work. Yeah, so you, you go into the lottery and what they do is they, they have 300 and... I think it's 380 places and it's allocated per country. Right. Um, if you have a country that's never registered before, then you're allowed to register your country to get a ballot slot and they'll allocate you based on, I guess, interest. So GB had 25 running slots. I think Greece has 40... I think the USA has 25, and then it filters down. That's quite a cool system.
0: So all countries in the world yep. sort of have a a certain number of slots. Like you said, it filters down. Maybe if it's not such a big running country, you'll get less slots. But everyone has quite a legit chance to to be able to enter this
1: race through through the ballot system. Yeah, and then, so once they, they draw a lottery, and then they draw a reserve list. So if somebody drops out, then you get papped off the list and the next country team member will slot into your spot
0: and what is so the qualification to get that there, there's a step to get into the ballot right yeah. or, and there's a step where you can
1: get and um, they've got
0: auto auto-qualifier
1: qualifiers auto qualifiers yeah so you can there's some big races out there you could do western states but you have to finish under a certain time uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is. Western States is a 100-mile race in 100 America. Mile race. Uh, in the 24-hour race, when we did it, the cutoff was 180 kilometers, Right, and I ended up with 184. The 12-hour cutoff is 120K. 120K in 12 hours
0: in gets 12 hours. you auto Auto qualifier, or are you going to a ballot? That's a good question. I think uh, it gets you an auto-qualifier. Auto-qualifier, yeah. yeah. I think
1: it might be 100k gets you ballot.
0: And 225k in 24 hours gets you, gets you auto. You. Why is that important, folks? If you are thinking to enter this race, that's the kind of distances and really speeds you need to be able to cover. And you said something there as well, mate, before that there's quite aggressive cutoffs all through the race, but more so in the in the early
1: parts, right? Yeah. I'm not actually sure why they do that, but <laughs> you have to, I think you need to get through the first 90K in about nine and a half hours. Yes. So you're looking at about six minutes, 22 per kilometer average. For the first two marathons. For the first, yeah, for the first two marathons. And then even if you do hit that, then you're obviously on the back foot for the entire... Rest of the race, and you've got to try and make up that deficit, whilst seeing your crew, whilst stopping at aid stations. It's it's tra- it's challenging if you're a, a slower runner, if you're the bottom end of that qualification standard. I'm just trying to
0: flip this around and think about what someone who isn't that interested in running or runs a bit, but you know, it's not a major part of them. They're thinking, okay to qualify to enter this race, there's a really complex qualification process. <laughs> then you start the race and you have to run two marathons back to back very hard. Yeah. And then you're, I think the phrase you just used there is sort of chasing your tail. So why the hell would anyone want to register?
1: <laughs> We're a, a very, very different bunch of people. <laughs> it's, you speak, like there was a, like, one of the guys I was speaking to actually had a really good story. He, he started off, he he cycled a little bit, he lifted weights at the gym, and he broke his wrist, Right. and he got injured, and he couldn't lift weights at the gym. And so he decided, because he liked to be active and he liked to move, he thought, I'm going to start running. And he'd never run before in his life. Right. This is a guy from Holland. And he then he got up, went out the door, ran 2K, was absolutely gassed, and he's built up over the last four years to try and push himself to do harder and harder and harder challenges, ending up with this and he wants to take it further and further and his motivation was purely to see how far his body could go that's pretty cool and could he if you like dig himself into a deep enough hole and pick himself up the other side because you think if you're running for a day and a half you experience every single mindset you could possibly experience you go through every single scenario you want to quit you want to stop you want to sit down you want to sleep you want to run faster. You think about all the positives, all the negatives in your life. It's just, I haven't found anything else that I've done in life that will give you all of those emotions in one go. We're
0: actually at the, uh, at the <laughs> toll right now. So so the the Dutch guy, mate, what, what do you think? Like, Where do you go from something like this? Oh, they're going to give me change as well. Five has gone in. Oh. Is your arm long enough? Yeah, sort of. We even get a ticket. <laughs> Nailed it. So it's, just podcasting in the car is pretty good. Yeah. Dropped a Euro there. Lost. Maybe they'll edit that, maybe not. So where, like, my, my where, question where is like, that? yeah, where do you where do you go from that? Like, there's a lot of, you know, always bigger, always better. And this guy's come through exactly that route that he's looking for something. Like, where does it, does so, it
1: start? So he's interesting because he thinks more distance means more yeah so he's going to go for longer distances and keep pushing distances and i asked him would you not would you ever be interested in doing shorter distances but going much much faster (laughs) and he said no because in the shorter distances it doesn't feel like he suffers enough mentally
0: jesus he's not going so he's not getting
1: (laughs) well that's what i thought he's not He's not getting what he wants from that. I kind of I can kind of get that because it's yeah. very different. If you run a hard marathon, if you do something very hard but the pain is short-lived. Yeah. I think it's a bit easier, right? It's a very different feeling.
0: It's than, a very different feeling and maybe a different show on masculinity mas- mas- Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But you
1: know, if you like let's say if you if you have a negative mindset going into the night of this race, you yeah. know you have 12 hours of pitch black yeah probably not many people to talk to or not many people are chatty and you just sit alone with your thoughts for 12 hours which scared the hell out of a lot of people right yeah and so i mean there might be positive thoughts but there might be negative thoughts yeah
0: so you're in you do your 184ks in 24 hours belfast last year yeah enter the ballot when did they confirm your place
1: Good question. Honest April? April of this year, right? This year. I think you get you get about six months. Right.
0: How did you feel,
1: mate, when you
0: when you got that place? When you when it came from or it went from being, oh yeah, I've I've got a qualifying time or a qualifying distance, I'll just give it a shot. How do you feel when you get the confirmation that you're gonna be in this race that
1: is such a big and challenging race. Uh, initially, I was anxious and didn't, in my head I thought, this, uh, there's not gonna be many times that you get the opportunity to do this race because to get in is actually quite challenging. Yeah. But I wasn't sure that I was able to complete it, in which it scared me. Right. And I, I wasn't, I was on the fence of whether or not to take the slop. What, what was the doubt? that i would start it not finish it did did i really want to run it and if i if i wanted to run it could i run it well what would i be to be able to run it well what would i have to say no to and what would i have to sacrifice it was it was toying with me for a while and where did what conclusions did you get to then Uh, i think actually I was speaking to heidi and she said that there's not many races in the world where you get that team vibe, and you get to yeah. put on a like a GB shirt and run as a, a group of people all running for your country. There's not that you run the race to get there. If you ever want to do it again, you'd have to qualify again. Um, so say yes to it and go and enjoy it, or try to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> where should we go next, training-wise? you've spoken a lot about training you train a lot mate you've yeah. done a lot of these events before i think most people know how that works. most people know if not hop over to rob's podcast in the endurance podcast this might actually play out on there you guys might steal this show as well you should do and so let's get to the to the to the race mate it starts as you said at the acropolis mm. what are the feels 7 a.m or it was about 6 30 in the morning saturday morning what are the feels
1: do you know what, actually this I think this is one of the more relaxed start lines I've ever been at. Everyone seemed quite calm. People were taking pictures. I don't remember there being any music. Maybe there was. Maybe. No, I don't think there was. And it was just very, quiet. very quiet. The the sun is just starting to rise and you can see the lights in the Acropolis. Um, That's everyone, cool. Everyone, yeah, it was very, very cool. Everyone just seemed really calm. You see the obviously the, the odd nervous person walking around. People are going to uh, uh, asking you what time you think you're going to get. Yeah. Get a few of those idiots. Not relevant. But it was, yeah, it was just very relaxed. And I felt relaxed as well. It, it almost felt too calm for the job that was about to happen. <laughs> when did it stop feeling calm? About 10K in. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Why? So you set off as, you know, you've got a time cap to hit for these, these first checkpoints. Yeah. Everyone shoots off on the start line like shit off a shovel it is carnage i think we came out the acropolis at four thirty per k wow and i was looking around about to get a video of it and just i'm laughing because yeah. i know that nobody is going to hold this pace although be the, the lead guy did yeah. nobody is going to hold this pace everyone does need to slow down but i'll sit there for the first three or four k and enjoy it and then i'll slow down but you didn't. <laughs> a little bit. I slowed down a bit. So the first ten k was was carnage, basically. Basically, yeah. And then you you leave the Acropolis, you leave Athens, and you join this road. That is it. Yeah, the road yeah, that runs very similar right to right now. Yeah, maybe just on the right. Yeah. Basically, the edge of a dual carriageway, and you hold a dual carriageway to get out of Athens. They don't close the road. They put some cones yeah. at some of the key intersections and they have some policemen high risk danger spots it's it's pretty high risk and the traffic's all behind you so some of the trucks get a little bit close
0: (laughs) (laughs) first checkpoint or first major checkpoint i mean mate there's checkpoints all the way on this race and that's that's actually a question i wanted to ask you is like you've basically got a a water table stroke mini checkpoint every 3k i think
1: 4k was probably the that the longest yeah i think four four six four point six is the longest distance that you're without an aid station how did and that this, play out it's i'd had a look at it before so you get some people that will hit every single aid station and they'll stop they'll chat a bit and if you do that there's 75 of them so in if, this race if you're a minute
0: or two minutes at each well this
1: is it it all adds up but we and then you have bigger aid stations where i was able to see you mm. and they're spaced out initially the first what was it, Forty-four k mm-hmm. and then 80K, and then yeah. it was every 10, yeah. 10 or 12, right? Yeah. So I was running with two bladder bottles. Anytime I needed to fill it up, I would just fill it up at the next one. Yeah. And when I saw you, we'd just change things through. Yeah. So I wasn't really stopping at those small aid stations at all. So you ran a marathon, 44K, yep. quick refuel, yep. and then you ran basically straight through to... 80k. Yeah, I went through the first marathon in 3:59.48. <laughs> was that planned? Man, they had a timer on. <laughs> they had oh, a timer. Okay. And a timer. I did. I, and then I. Uh, that's how I knew. Right. I knew. I wanted to come in the first marathon in and around four hours. The goal was to finish the first 80 in eight, maybe eight and a half. Did you do that? Bang on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So.
0: 80ks in the legs, the pressure's off, you've met the time cut off. Hmm. And you'd gone pretty much, I mean, like you said, mate, the first 40k out of Athens is it's pretty rough in places. Then it hugs a quite a nice coast road. You go through Corinth, the ancient city or where the Corinth canal is, and we can have a whole other history lesson, I'll just show off what I've retained on Google, but we won't. <laughs> Does the race did the race then? sort of change a little bit, mate. Was it more relaxed or what's, because there's, it, it's quite a big sort of mental point. You were never going to be in danger of the cutoff. No. But so this, everyone talks about it.
1: This, the next 30K is where I really, really struggled. Right. So from 80 to 110, 115. And it's just because I'd gone through that first 80 in eight hours so, in my head, you start doing maths, right? You yeah. go, okay, so if I, if I held that, I'd get done in 24. But that's not going to happen. It's going to be a lot slower. Yeah. But you're only a third of the way through the distance. <laughs> and you just, remi- just remind you of how long that race is. Yeah. And how far your legs have still got to go. And you've run 80K quite quick. So, you're starting to feel tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the next 30K I did, I really struggled just. Lots of things running around in my head thinking, how are you going to do this? How much, when are you going to walk? How far will you walk? You need to keep running. What if something goes wrong? And just you start, yeah, you think of every negative thing you can really.
0: And what do you do to, in those times, to sort of hold it together as it were?
1: I, <laughs> I was saying things out loud. So just generally being quite happy, positive talking to people smiling yeah. and enjoying it to be honest because I knew that those thoughts would come mm. and I've done races before where you have those thoughts yeah, and so you know that they're coming you know that they're they don't really have any value it's just your brain going we don't really need to run 240k we've done a bit already let's try and stop and yeah. so it'll try and convince you to stop and you've just got to break through that barrier if you like right It's interesting, I think you came
0: into a checkpoint maybe somewhere around there, 110 or 140K. And for the first time, you you rattled off this game plan and we hadn't ever had a game plan. It was just we stay relaxed and just keep running and la-dee-da-dee-da and you'd go out from a checkpoint and be like, sweet, we'll see you in 10K, an hour, an hour or so, and you cracked on. But you came into this checkpoint and you're sat and you're like, right. X time to this time, Y time to this time, yeah. and you laid out this whole plan, and I was like, well, that, that's cute. Yeah. I was like, but I knew that you would obviously had some, it was quite an interesting sign that you'd obviously had some sort of moment before, and I just said, yeah, cool. Yeah. And we carried on as as it was, so that's actually when I thought that you might have had, yeah, you A had, wobble. I don't know if it's a wobble, mate. I think it's quite... I think i think the biggest sort of learning from that is exactly what you said it is super normal mm. you've just run 80 kilometers in eight hours you are starting to feel a little bit tired that eight hours as well it's a bright sunny day i mean you're used to running in the heat but it's a bright sunny day you're dehydrated and you're you're a third through what you're going through yeah or what's to come so you've got to do that Two more times, mm-hmm. another eighty and then another eighty. So I don't think there are many people that would have got to that point and or even earlier, maybe after the first marathon. Because some people might be thinking, Yeah, it's five point what is it, five point eight marathons, as someone corrected me. It's good, maths. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh,
1: Actually I remember really. it I think coming up with a game plan helps justify things in your head at the time. So you can almost say, For if sure. I, if I'm gonna go slowly at least if I have a game plan in a commas, then it's as long as I'm on track. What was my game plan? I remember what it was actually. It was 100K in the first 12 hours, yeah. then another 100K in the second 12 hours, which leaves only less than 50. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Something it, like that. It made absolutely no sense at the time. Yeah, but
0: it's like you just said, mate, when, you're, when your mind is perhaps wondering, it's like, okay, let's put a plan in place. Mm. And it, it would have made sense to you at the time, and that's why you you vocalised it. It made no sense to me. <laughs> and I knew that, I knew, like, if someone would have said, like, will he achieve that? Like, no way. Like, there's no way you would have nailed it like that. Not against you, no. maybe even for you. I just knew that it wasn't what was going to play out, but it was a plan that you put in your mind. And, and this is why, you know, if we, if, if, running life, it's all the same. If we get off the run, like at least there is a plan. If it doesn't work exactly, that's fine. But if you didn't have a plan at that point, like your first plan was to stay relaxed. You did to a certain point, you still ran quite quick, but then it's like, ne- now we needed to put something in the brain to tell the brain and to, then. Yeah. To the, justify. To justify what was going on. what was happening. Yeah. So it's like, did you think you'd, yeah, in the moment you thought that that was the best plan. That's what you'd come up with. And that's what resonated with you. And so you sort of crack on, but you were either going to, you're never going to nail it exactly like that. Yeah. You're either going to, we just passed the two lay shot. Tom Walker likes two lay. <laughs> side note. And we then, you, you then had something to focus on, but if I'd have asked you, you can remember it now, I reckon if I'd have asked you at like 200 k Mate, do you remember the plan? You'd have probably been like, uh, uh, because <laughs> you've you've sort of, you've replanned, haven't you? Yeah,
1: you just keep adjusting and adjusting
0: and adjusting. The sun set at around 7 p.m. And that marked sort of the 12-hour slot. I think at about 12 hours, you'd been in the race. I think at about 6 p.m. or 6.30, I gave you the head torch. For a lot of people, mate, at that checkpoint, I saw, I wouldn't say negative, energy coming from them, but they knew that it was the end of the day. They knew that it was a 12 hour point of the race and they knew that, you know, that was only hundred Ks or something. So again, 140, 150 to go. What were you feeling as the night came? And also you were, you were actually going into one of the hardest sections for
1: elevation. I was so excited about the night. I think I told you this, like, <laughs> yeah. everyone, everyone was nervous about the night, but I was really looking forward to it for, one, it was gonna be cooler. I was looking forward to it being nice and cool. Um, the mountain section is, was meant to be stunning, so I was really excited about going up and over the mountain. Some years they've had snow at the top of that mountain, they've had torrential rain, it's been slippy. I've just, when you've run quite a lot of the races that we do like this they start you just before night time so there's not been many ultras that i've done where you've started in the morning you've run all through the day and then you get the night yeah so i was really looking forward to going into the nighttime super fatigued to see if it was any different was it i don't think so i think actually i had a really good night (laughs) i seemed to enjoy the night I don't remember having any wobbles, it's still a bit early, but I don't remember having any night wobbles in terms of men, like mentally, physically, Mm. yes, but mentally, no. What was happening physically? Everything was sore and hurting and it's hard to get the body moving, (laughs) especially (laughs) after you stop, those first few K, after you sit down in an aid station are a bit tricky to get the blood going again. Yeah, it's... Because as soon as you stop and sit down, your body thinks, great, that's us, we're, yeah. we're ready. Yeah, I mean, that's when we sort of,
0: unless there was a need to get hot food in and, and actually have a rest, that's when I was trying Keep to kicking push. Kicking me out a bit quicker. Yeah, I think so, mate, because I mean, it's it's what you said as well, it's, you know, if you stop one minute or two minutes at the 70 something aid stations, it's an hour and a half or whatever, but if you stop five minutes or eight minutes at the big aid stations, mm-hmm. It it also adds up and we've actually, we calculated the time you're in the aid stations by, we put the GoPro on and just (laughs) let it roll. We're thinking about making another show, maybe we chop it into this show, another show about all the outtakes from the the aid station. That one will definitely be marked as explicit. That makes me nervous. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Jeff was... As normal PC Jeff, as soon as oh, he doesn't say anything bad anyway. But as soon as there's a camera on, he's even more quiet. And <laughs> you and I using foul language and talking bad things anyway. Yeah, I think like through the night it was it was pretty solid. I think I remember saying to you at about about four a.m. like just a few hours left, just focus for the next few hours, and then it's gonna be it's gonna be daylight again. Yeah. And that
1: must bring a lot of I mean the game then changes again doesn't it yeah the, no, the hard thing was whenever it got to daylight again so the sun rose 7am and you start doing mental maths again trying to figure out how far you've got to go how fast you're moving and so I was calculating shit the earliest I'm going to finish is 1 o'clock 1.30 in the afternoon right. and it dawns on you how far <laughs> how far away that is when you're sitting at 7am in the morning yeah so how do you then start to break that down that one was just checkpoint to checkpoint so i'd say to you how far till i see you again you'd say 10k and i'd be like cool 10k i was just watching the kilometers tick down and whenever i was really really struggling physically i'd break the running down into a hundred strides of running maybe 150 and then 30 to 40 walking and that worked out quite well is so it just, you're playing little games with yourself and all you've got to think about is just counting to 100, 150, then you start again, count to 50, look around and try and take in the scenery.
0: During the night, I saw you running a lot or from, from when I was passing you, you always seemed to be with someone, but yeah. you said something about a lot of people seem to get into quite a, a tough mental situation. Talk us through some of the encounters you had with people during the
1: night. There's, it's interesting, there's was a German guy I was running with, and I came up beside him in the dark. I said, hello, and he said, hello. <laughs> and I just tried to talk to him, and he just, he wouldn't reply, wouldn't talk to me, wouldn't say anything. And he just ran sort of six or seven meters behind me, just in silence. So I figured he must have gone through a really, really tough time. He didn't have the mental energy to talk, and he just wanted someone around him. I think what you get in those nighttime sections is people will leapfrog back and forward. So you'll run ahead of someone. Maybe I'll say a few words. Maybe they'll want to chat. Maybe they won't. I generally find that the, the women are more chatty at nighttime than the men. Do you think the men are scared of the dark? Maybe. I mean, it's a legit... I'm not actually trying to be funny for once. No, I, I think... It's weird. I think lots of men will hold a really big ego. Mm. And so when they're alone with their thoughts at nighttime, especially nighttime, they really struggle. <laughs> there was one guy I was talking to. I talked to you about this. We won't name him. Mm. Who... No one would know him anyway, mate. No, he's, <laughs> he's a was a very, very highly acclaimed runner, let's say. <laughs> and everyone... Was stroking his ego. He was the most miserable bastard I've ever spoken to. Wow. <laughs> I ran for about ten minutes with him, and I had to just leave. It was—he had not one positive thing to say. Not Incredible, one. Huh? And I thought, like, number one, you signed up to this. Yeah. You've got a hell of a long way still to go. Why are you trying to tell me this? Yeah. And then I think that's maybe what some people do. They like to offload their negativity yeah. or share it. I'm not sure, maybe it's to bring other people down, but maybe it's to give them their own support. It's the golden saying, isn't it? Misery loves company. Misery loves company, or problem shared is a problem halved. He's trying to half his problems half and give his, them to me. Give half of them to you and yeah. you're not that interested. No, so I wasn't interested in that. But there was, I mean, on the whole, the majority of non-British people that I spoke to were very, very nice, Yeah, very death. positive.
0: There was a lot of nice people out there and I think a lot of the people that were potentially having a tough time, they know that they're having a tough time and and they just kind of probably like you said, your German friend he probably just goes into himself and just that's, the, that's his way of dealing with things, right?
1: I think that's probably a better way to do it than what the other guy did, it was to offload it all. Yeah, yeah.
0: Different horses for different courses. So 7 a.m. You're calculating that you will finish by 1 p.m., yeah. which is still a long time in it's your mind, <laughs> despite having done 24. It's weird how the mind works, isn't it? Because it's like we got to 80 and we've got it two more times, but <laughs> yeah. now we've done the whole. We've done 24 and we've only got six hours to go. Yeah and but we're still seeing it that as a long time you're not
1: doing it in distance you're doing it in time and you try and flip it you try and go from distance to times to figure out which one seems less yeah and neither of them work it's it's a bloody long way whichever way you look at it
0: any tough parts during that that morning period mate Uh,
1: yeah normally like you get people talking about when the sun rises you'll get a big burst of energy yeah that did not happen. Yeah. I had no big burst of energy. <laughs> it was still just flat. Yeah. It's
0: actually quite weird because, I, I don't know, know, I felt exactly the same, mate.
1: Yeah. I don't know why that was. Is it because is it because of that start time? Because you've been going a full 24 hours before that? or Yeah.
0: But there know. was no... A lot of races that, that you've done, that I've done, or that we've done together, it always... Something... I don't know. Something special seems to happen at that at that sunrise point whether it's a beautiful sunrise i have some pictures of you of a quite a nice sunrise and there was a nice it was almost like humidity like fog Over just, the olive, olive fields. yeah which it? was it's a great shot but yeah the the energy of of the race at sunrise and and in that morning was like nothing i'd experienced before normally it's a really strong energy and it kind of yeah it feeds us but i i was feeling exactly the same and maybe maybe that energy from from us at the checkpoint passed off as well but yeah it's that sort of free boost just never came and i i, th- I was thinking maybe maybe we we're gonna get it at the next checkpoint and then we'd get to the next checkpoint and make another coffee and try and you know make some more stupid jokes <laughs> yeah it was it's very weird maybe it was because was a full moon as well or close to a full moon
1: yeah that's it. A- it's a very long night as well it's busy 12 and 12 isn't
0: it yeah well that's the other thing that's that makes this race quite interesting the time of year and 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 the fact that yeah you had and it literally it's lights out at 7 p.m and it's lights on at 7 a.m (laughs) it's a full it's a it's a full 12 hours calculation said one o'clock and you were you were pretty much on track for between 1 to, to 2 p.m. sort of finish. And I think we. It's getting a bit
1: faster, wasn't it? You time? were
0: getting faster, mate. We'd change your clothes just an hour or so before sunrise. And I think it's, we'd brush your teeth then, or you'd brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff had <laughs> applied my sun cream. Jeff had then applied some sun cream. Right. And you were actually. And we changed your food a little bit as well. We That's got right. you a, a couple of different food options. We, we fed you at about 8 or 9 a.m. With, a, with an interesting, I don't know, the guy said it was a cheese and ham pie roll or something, and that, that seemed to go down quite well, which always made us happy. Um, definitely gone the wrong way here, but let's, let's keep going. Uh, dodgy, <laughs> dodgy slip road. Things were, things were going good, mate.
1: Yeah, they were. until until something until they weren't until they weren't what happened next so we I don't even know what aid station it was but it's it's about 30 maybe 30k to go and you've come down like a you've gone up and down and up and down on this long stretch of single road and you you hit this final aid station you've got two short climbs Mm. and then you've got a 20k 22k descent to Sparta and so I was thinking in my head, right, my legs feel good. I've got blisters all over my toes. They're not so good. But this is, um, mentally I'm great. This is gonna be a chance to make some moves. And you'd actually said that I just smashed through the field in that last 10K block. So I was quite excited. And uh, to try and relieve some pressure off the blisters on my left side, I tried to run with my left foot on the storm drainage, the storm runoff at the side of the road, and my right foot on the road. And the adverse, this camber is either side, so your feet are, if you like, pronating outwards. Mm. And I don't quite know whether I caught my toe or it fell into a little hole or a dip in the road or something, but I just tweaked it, twisted it, twinged it, whatever. And that was the end of running. <laughs> It was, it ballooned up. It's the size of an isolate, twice the size. Um, And I just couldn't run. I could hobble and I could walk. But trying to run was just so painful that it was not doing me any service at all. Um, So that was the end of running. You drove past, I think. Or no, I didn't see you for a while because I obviously then took a bit too long to get to the aid station because I wasn't running. And so you drove up threw me a bandage at the window I strapped it up uh, I got to the next mini aid station and the medical team bandaged me up to make it a bit more stable and I could hobble walk fast walk down the road so that's what I did for 25k I mean
0: it's crazy right in a in an instance your whole experience the whole race your finishing time
1: everything just Changes. Yeah, and again, I, you go straight to, fuck, fuck, fuck. What's going to happen? Can I, can I now finish this? And I'd done, like, very worst case. I did the maths. I knew that I could hobble at fifteen minutes a k, yeah. so I could get four k an hour done. So I had loads of time mm. to get the race finished. It was just going to be a long few hours. I think it was like three hours twenty minutes. I ended up walking at the end for a stretch that really should have taken me two hours and a bit. So how do you how do you get through that, mate? You had pretty much every
0: you were in a lot of pain. You couldn't run. You had every reason just to I mean pretty much sit down and and you know looking at your looking at your foot now it's fifty shades of red, which is (laughs) not great. And then it'll go to shades of blue and purple and or it might not, it might skip them all but you're in a situation where it's like, this
1: is over. Mm. Do you know I actually, I felt loads of guilt because it's bizarre what, like, how your mind works. The strongest feeling I had was not about my foot or my ankle or whatever, my leg. It was actually, I was annoyed that you would have to wait for me for so long. <laughs> it's like, shit, these guys have been <laughs> thought, you know, it would be over in two hours. There's two aid stations left and now this one's going to take an extra hour and then they're gonna be waiting for me for another two hours. I just felt really guilty for that, which is a bizarre feeling, I guess, to have. But yeah, once I knew I could hobble, it was getting done. So that never crossed, it never crossed my mind that I wouldn't finish from there. Um, I knew I could get to the 36 hours if I had to, but it was just, yeah, the guilt that I thought, shit, I've let you guys down from something that was so stupid and could have been avoided. (laughs) <laughs> Fortunately, yeah, you didn't desirable. need
0: to use those thirty-six hours, mate. No. At about thirty-three hours, you came. What, do we call it a hobble? It was a pretty decent walk. I you didn't make it look like too much of a hobble compared to to a lot of people <laughs> Some out there. You'd also there was also another
1: slight curveball with about fifteen minutes to go as well, right? Ter- so it's not rained for the entire <laughs> beautiful sunshine. Apart from what one thunderstorm the first day we arrived in Greece. Yes. But beautiful sunshine all through the night. The temps were actually really, really nice. Torrential downpour. Just as I was walking into Sparta. Amazing. At like absolute carnies, dripped, soaked through to the bone. <laughs> really, really cold.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you looked cold. I mean, you must have just been thinking.
1: Everyone had emergency blankets on, everyone had their waterproofs out, Uh, nothing. (laughs) uh,
0: A nice little shower just to finish you off, right? I think it was the
1: gods telling me that it cocked up somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: road into Sparta is like an avenue up to the statue of Leonidas and the streets are aligned, mate. Talk us through how, how that sort of felt. Was there atmosphere? What's, you know, this is,
1: you've come to the end of this great journey that you'd been on. So as you, yeah, as you get closer and closer to Sparta, everyone knows about the race, everyone knows its history, and they, like, there were, there were sections of this race where kids were asking for autographs. So you sit, like, you go through an aid station and kids would run alongside you with paper and a pen okay. and get you to write your number, where you're from, and sign, sign the paper. It was, I never had that, any other race ever but because the I feel like the greeks love the history and the you know he was seen the messenger was seen as a iconic if you like pillar of their history they see you as part of that history and as you get closer to sparta it's the same thing so every single car will beep every single person will wave or high five kids will run out high five you pat you on the back the the last aid station it's not really an aid station it's about 800 meters before you get to sparta is where you're allowed to drop a flag and so you can run in or run up this avenue with the flag of your country all of the behind the statue of leonidas is flags of every every nation that's ever finished the race there's a statue just before that of all of the it must be all of the spartan nationals that have gone to the Olympics, dating back to whatever BC, or the Olympians that they have. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, the whole time is just there for this race. Emotional? Yes and no. I think I had not quite sunk in. Mm. I was, it's weird. It's a, Because you've been running for so long, I, it didn't feel like it was over.
0: Did you want it to be?
1: I wanted it to be over for about two hours before but I kind of got into the the rhythm of just walking so if it was another 10k I would have been quite happy but if it had been 10k shorter I would have been equally as happy (laughs) you
0: get your flag from Jeff after some high fives some Some high fives and some hugs pre finish line celebrations which is super nice the last and then you, you sort of I don't know if it's because we told you to but you did start running up there mate yeah that must have been pretty pretty special that last sort of hundred meters
1: yeah it's so you run up to the statue you've got the mayor of Sparta you've got some of the dignitaries there um, they you walk up to the statue and the finish line the official time finishes when you go through the timing chips but the official finish is when you kiss um, King Leonidas's foot on the statue and yeah that was i'd seen pictures i'd seen videos and to do it in person was yeah very very special i don't think i've quite processed how that feels yet
0: it's uh, it's still too soon less than 24 (laughs) hours after and our drive back to athens has been filled with an hour of of decent chat and i think a lot of inspiration and, and definitely motivation mate I hope that well, I hope that you recover well me too <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that well, I hope that as time goes on this is what we basically call the hot debrief and this one
1: counts but doesn't really count does it It's no. it's, it's more in a week or in a month things will start it's quite cool with things like this because you'll you'll be sitting having a coffee and something will just pop into your head yeah. that you didn't know was there a reflection, or a thought, or a, a memory. I think the more you do this sort of thing, the more frequent that those become, and the more impactful they are.
0: I agree, and I, I think you learn a lot in the race, but it doesn't play out until weeks or months after the race. Yeah. Because, like you said, you can't. It's so. A lot of it's so. Just fucking nuts. <laughs> that i mean i was gonna try and use some some really complicated and and good words but i don't think that much else it's just mental the thought
1: it's just so much of it as well isn't it so so much the process and i
0: mean you're you're in you're in fight or flight mode for 33 hours yeah you know and it's just and there's so much going on and then 12 of those hours is in pitch black although it was lit by the moon it's just yeah so i think it takes time and i think that time is is also is also good and we say a lot to people that will finish races and then either want to retire from the sport or sign up for a dozen more races it's like no you need time you need to relax you need to think you and let stuff out in in any different way like you said it could happen in when you're sat having a coffee. Some people journal, some people chat. I know you've got two days here in Athens on your own, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that could be uh, reflection a, time. A good, a good reflection. But <laughs> mate, sensational race, thank you, and lots of support. And, yes. and you've provided an insane amount of inspiration for even some people. Message through, obviously instagram about the the updates that we we're putting out there that i'd never even i don't think it ever messaged us before so you're making a really solid impact and i hope that your feet recover yep. fast they will recover but I hope we've got some running to do. we but need them to recover any any final thoughts that you want to share with
1: people no i get just a massive thank you to everyone that followed along um if anyone wants to run long distances or discover things about themselves feel free to get in touch with either me or you we're happy to help them discover new things (laughs) and i'll say a big shout out to you jeff jane um for supporting me for the last 30 plus hours would not have been possible without you
0: I like Dubai, but traveling to these things is, is good
1: fun, mate. So, <laughs> Another lad's holiday.
0: So long as Holly's okay with it, then uh, I should give Holly a shout out as well for being, for being okay with it. But uh, Awesome, mate. Congratulations, folks. Thanks a lot for listening. We're almost at our destination in Athens. This has been perfect timing. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.